This is Anna Falcon, and you're listening to the Flip by Her podcast. I'm a teacher, a real estate investor, a business owner, and a mom of three. Join me as I share my journey in hopes to inspire you to live the life you envision. In this space, I'll teach you everything I know about real estate investing, the good, the bad, the in-between, and how do I find success in this male-dominated field. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode five. On this episode, I'm going to talk to you about hiring contractors. Yay. (laughs) Oh boy. Guys, this topic, first of all, I want to thank Bill. Uh, Bill follows me on Facebook and he asked this question uh, about hiring contractors. So here it is, a whole episode dedicated to this. And Honestly, this is a a moving target, okay, <laughs> because um, some of you already know because you have employees. Employees can be nightmares and subs can be nightmares and just construction can be a nightmare. So this is a touchy topic, but I'm going to share with you again, as usual, from my perspective. Um, I'm going to teach you what I have learned and uh, you know, if you guys can always write into me and tell me what you've learned or give me advice, you know, I'm not a guru. I'm learning just like you. So here we go. Hiring contractors. There are a number of ways that you can hire people to do what needs to be done on your houses or on your buildings or whatever the case may be. So first and foremost, the most common way that I have hired help is using day laborers day labor. Okay. If I, because I do a lot of the work myself, which you guys have seen me on socials with these videos, I hire day labor. Well, I retract. I used to hire a lot of day labor. I don't anymore. And I'll tell you why later, but day labors, you can basically go on Facebook and there's going to be groups, um, of people in your market contractors. They'll go on there. They'll post things on this Facebook group and they'll be like, you know, I do landscaping, I do roofing, I do this, I do that. Or you yourself can go into that Facebook group and you can post, I have a drywall gig. And then you're going to get a million phone calls in 30 minutes with people that claim that they know how to do drywall. So day labor, that's one way that you can hire help. Uh, That is not the most recommended, but whatever, I'll get to that later. Anyways, Number two, the second way that you can hire help to do your jobs or whatever needs to get done in your houses is you can hire a construction company. Okay, just hire the construction company. They'll come out, they'll give you a quote. Most of the time, actually 100% of the time, that estimate should be free. Do not pay for an estimate. The estimates should be free. Get a reputable company. See if they have Google reviews. Sometimes they don't. Like my company doesn't have really a lot of reviews because I started my company recently and my company mostly works for me. Like it's my own company and I flip my own houses. So I don't do a whole lot of work for other people. So my company is not going to have that many reviews, but find you a company either that you know them firsthand or the best way to find them is through referrals. So if you know your neighbor used them and you saw the work and you like it, hire that company. Uh, or if they're an established company, then look at their reviews. If they're a very big company, then go on the better business bureau, go on the BBB, see what their grade is on the BBB. These are all ways to find company, a reputable company. Okay. 
say that you find a person on Facebook that claims to have a company, okay? They claim that they're a, whatever, a drywall company, and they can talk the talk, but you don't vet them and something happens, that's on you. So how do you vet a company? Go on to your state's website, the Department of Treasury website, or literally any state website. All you got to do is type the name of the company in, and you're going to see if they are actually an established company, if they actually have something submitted to the either the local government or to the state department and see if they are actually registered. Are they an LLC? Are they a sole proprietorship? What kind of company are they? Are they structured? Because if they're not listed anywhere in there, then guess what? Don't work with them. Number three, the third way that you can hire help, hire a contractor is to hire a general contractor or hire a project manager. So for any job in North Carolina that is valued at over $30,000, you have to have a general contractor for that job. Unless you are a farmer, for example, then you're excluded from that. You can do your own stuff or you can do your own stuff if it's in your very own house. But because we're talking about rental properties and flips and stuff like that, we're talking about investment properties, anything in North Carolina over $30,000, you have to have a general contractor. That's what the law says. Your state, those of you listening in different areas, you know, that money it can be higher, it can be lower, I don't know, but here, I'm telling you what it is here. So what you can do is hire a general contractor. If you hire a general contractor, guess what, folks? That person is licensed, that person is bonded, that person has workers' compensation insurance, okay? And you can vet them, you can find out all this information with a very simple Google search on that person, all right? If you have a project and it's not, you know, you don't need a general contractor for it. It's not a big project or anything. You know, maybe you just want to put, uh, do a few lipstick type things to the house. You can hire a project manager, somebody to oversee the work that's being done by the subcontractors. And usually that person will bring in their own people. They have their own people that do floors, their own people that do paint, their own people that do drywall. They have their own connections. So you can hire either a general contractor or a project manager. You tell them what you want done and they'll get it, they'll get it done for you. The fourth way to get work done to hire contractors is to hire by individual trade. So say that you need plumbing work. Well, you're not going to hire, typically, you won't hire a handyman to do a bunch of plumbing work. You're going to hire a licensed plumber. And that is exactly what I recommend. Am I against handymen? Absolutely not. I'm a handy woman. But if you need certain extensive plumbing work done, you want to hire a licensed plumber. You want somebody in there that knows what they're doing or that at the very minimum knows how it's supposed to be done. Now, doing what they're supposed to actually do, those are two different stories, but I'll tell you briefly on that later. So how to pay contractors. There's different ways to pay contractors. A lot of you have contractor horror stories. I have a couple of my own, but they're, mine are a little bit probably different from yours. Paying a contractor, usually they want a certain percentage of the value of the work up front. I will tell you that in my company, I do not pay anything up front, nothing up front. I don't do it, but I also run a company. 
if you're an individual, an investor, you're just a, you know, mom and pop landlord or whatever it's called, they're going to want some substantial amount of money from you up front. Folks, if these people are telling you that they need 50% from you up front, walk away. Okay. Find someone else. It's not that complicated. You do not have to pay so much money up front for any job. No, 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 do not do it. Okay. That is a red flag. If you're having say an electrician wire your entire house, for example, guess what guys, electrical work is extremely expensive. If the electrician says I need 50% upfront, then you can say, okay, I'll buy the material. And if the electrician still insists that you put money on top of that, find you another electrician. Okay. It's as easy as that. I don't pay money upfront. I will, however, furnish the materials upfront. I will do that, but I do not pay money upfront. No. Now, if it's somebody that I have worked with on numerous projects and I know this person, I know their character and I know their work, then I don't mind giving, fronting them some money, especially, you know, if they've been slow and I mean, like usually in the winter time, my subs are very slow. So if I have a little job for them to do, I don't mind, you know, throwing them a few bucks in advance, but it's only because I know them and we have a positive working relationship but I do not give a complete stranger 50% upfront. I don't give them 25%. I don't even do 20% upfront. I do not do it. The most I think I've ever done upfront has been 10%. And it's because they covered the cost of the materials that were being furnished. So paying them. Another way to pay contractors, if these people start asking you for cash or don't do that. Okay. Pay them with a check. You want to have paperwork that you paid these people, especially if you're an investor, you want to use that as a write-off. So don't pay these people in cash. Please don't do that. Okay. Write them a check. They might tell you, well, I don't have a checking account. Well, guess what? If you don't have a checking account, I'm not working with you. Easy as that. Okay. If they say, you know, I like to pay with Zelle, for example, I have Wells Fargo for my business checking. I don't recommend them. That's a different story, but I have them for now and I use Zelle and I pay 90% of my jobs. I pay them using my Zelle through Wells Fargo. If my subs don't have Zelle or they don't have a checking account, I'm not inclined to work with them because if the very basic thing is that you don't even have a checking account, ch chances are we're, we're just not on the same caliber here. Okay. You're just not somebody, I just don't want to work with you. If there's like things like that going on, paying them, you want to have proof that you've paid them uh, and that you are paying them. You actually, you want to have proof of everything. So whatever the scope of work being done, that needs to be on paper, guys, that needs to be on paper. So that contractor, ideally a good contractor will give you an estimate on paper. The estimate will include the price of the work being done how they want to be paid, whether they want a lump sum at the end or whether they want it in payments. It'll also include some type of ballpark figure on what the materials are going to cost. It will also include dates. Like for example, if it's going to take them a week to do the bathroom, or if it's going to take them a month to do the kitchen, that those dates, that, that time frame is also going to be present on that estimate. Also on the estimate, it should have how they want to be paid. If you can pay them with a credit card, if you can pay them with a check, or if they don't take personal checks, it's going to have that information on there. 
um, on that estimate sheet. Most of the time, you can just go ahead and take that estimate sheet and turn it into a contract by signing. You sign and he signs or, you know, she signs. Both parties sign and there's contact information for both parties, meaning there's an address, there's a phone number, an email address, and then voila, you have yourself a contract. Don't make this harder than it needs to be, but there has to be paperwork. If there's no paperwork, you're going to hurt. I promise you. Okay. It's not going to be a good thing. Another way to pay contractors or that another way that I pay contractors is I incentivize my contractors. Okay. How do I incentivize them? Well, I'm going to put it to you like this. I already know how long a certain job is going to take because I have the experience in construction because I run a business. However, you might not know how long it takes to do your, your kitchen. Okay. You might not know what all the components are. That's going to go into doing that. You know, you're a novice. It's okay. If you don't know, all right, since I know, here's what I do. I get with my contractor and I say, it should take you two weeks to do X, Y, Z. Okay. So in my head, I factor what I'm going to pay them based on that two weeks work. Okay. I already know what I want to pay that contractor for that job. In my head, I already know. I always say, what do you want to be paid for this job? Then they tell me what they want to be paid. If it's less than what I was going to pay in my head, then I say, okay, I will pay you X, Y, Z. If you get it done before the two weeks, and that's an incentive to them. So let me put it to you with numbers. If a drywall job is $10,000, and it's going to take them two weeks to do the drywall job. And I was going to pay them $12,000 to do the drywall job, but they don't know because I didn't tell them that up front. I always tell them to give me their price first. That way they feel more comfortable. Then I know for a fact that I have $2,000 there that I can play with. Now I can be greedy and keep the two grand, or I can say, okay, it's going to take you two weeks. Well, if you get it done in the two weeks, like you said, I'm going to give you an extra two grand. And usually this lights up a fire in them like you would not believe. And that is some of the best work you're ever going to get when you incentivize your employees. Now, they might not be your specific employee. They're going to be a subcontractor for you or whatever, a tradesman or whatever. But if you incentivize these people, remember you are dealing with humans. Okay. And in this case, you are the leader and you want them to do a good job for you. So you need to take care of them, period. So incentivizing them. Now on the flip end, if it takes them three weeks to do a two week job, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell them up front, if you do it in two weeks, I'm going to give you this tip money. I'm going to give you this free little cash in your pocket. But if it takes you longer than two weeks for every day that you make me waste for every day that I lose because of you, I'm going to deduct X, Y, Z. So for every day, if you want $10,000, that's what your fee is for every day after that two weeks, if I deduct 10% or if I deduct a dollar amount, say I deduct 200 a day, every day after, then that's on you. Cause now you're losing money. So that's how I pay them. And I pay them with a check or I pay them with Zelle. If you are doing this as a business, Obviously you need to check with your tax accountant because any job over $600, you have to 1099 these people. So you want to make sure that you have their information accurately, uh, that you have their information so you can be able to 1099 them. If this applies to you, it doesn't apply to everyone. It only applies to some of us. We have to 1099 
some of our subcontractors and not everybody gets a 1099 either. So check with your tax accountant. Firing, firing contractors. How do we fire them? Okay. Y'all, I've had excellent contractors. All right. Just great, great people working for me. And I have had some of the worst of the worst scums of the earth. Okay. And part of that is how did I find them in the first place? So firing contractors, it's inevitable, but sometimes we have to let these people go. And how do we fire them? Well, we just need to have a conversation with them and say, you know what, this is not working. Get out. <laughs> Easy as that. So in your contract, if this is a fairly big job and it's a several thousand dollars or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, you know, whatever this may be, you definitely want to have some type of clause in there that lets you fire them. And on what basis can you fire them? But I'm going to tell you something, guys, the contractors that I've hired, say, for example, from Facebook, I've not had a whole lot of luck with those people. Okay. In fact, I don't even do that anymore. Um, unless it's like to do junk removal or, you know, junk removal from a property or clean up the exterior of a property or something like that. I don't do the hiring off of Facebook anymore because I run into nothing but like, People, you know, men that are like on drugs, they'll show up to work drunk um, or they will show up late to work and then leave early or they'll steal things from you. Like if I leave my tools there, you know, or I have my truck there, like I caught one guy like kind of rummaging through or whatever. And, oh, I, I just needed a saw blade. I don't care, guy. Don't go through my stuff. Like if I don't offer you my things, don't go through my things. I had another guy I was working at. In fact, it was my very first investment property in Marlboro. I've already talked about that house before. I hired a day labor from Facebook. And this guy just, oh my God, it was so uncomfortable. I really thought he was going to hurt me. I mean, I really thought he was going to hurt me. And it got very close to it. And, you know, thank goodness I was able to go. But, um, and I never saw him again. Thankfully, I had to block him and everything. He kept calling me. But this man had every intention of putting his hands on me. So and I was, you know, there alone. Uh, by the way, ladies, as a result, now I do go to my work sites. If I'm working on a job site, and I'm there like all day, or I'm there for several hours a day, I do carry now I open carry. And I haven't had more, you know, any more issues with like, men, you know, trying to, uh, how do I put this politically correct? You know, you know what I'm talking about. So be careful with those. Be careful with hiring day labor. Be careful with hiring people that you don't know, that you have no referrals from, that they do not have an established company, that they do not have a checking account, that just, just be careful. And lastly, with contractors is, it's very important. I've already alluded to this, is that they are humans and this is a relationship business and you are ultimately serving. So you need to hire these folks to do the jobs on your rental properties or on your flips because you're doing a service to the community. You are improving lives by providing housing. Okay. You're not in this to get rich quick. All right. Forget those TikToks. They are lying to you. Okay. You're not in this to get rich quick. So you are a good person and what you're trying to provide is quality housing. I hope and I expect that everyone listening to me is that kind of landlord and that kind of investor. So keeping good relationships with your subs, with, with your subcontractors or your general contractors or whoever you hire, these companies that you hire, whoever, however you find them, 
is that you treat them well. You have got to treat your employees well. You have got to take care of them. At the end, you're more than likely going to make out very, very well on your deal. So why hog all the wealth for yourself? Okay. If this person is in working your house, say for an entire month, they need to at least be able to take home. I kid you not at the very minimum, $5,000. If they're not making take home money off your job because you're being greedy, then don't complain about the outcome of the work. Okay. Your contractors need to make good money so that they can treat you well and do your job well in return. And also when you call them back for another job, guess what they're going to do? They're going to put you as a priority. They're going to prioritize your work over other work, you know, because they like how you treat them. One of the things that I do is I feed my contractors. Like if they're on the job site with me one day, I'm going to get them lunch, you know, or I show up with donuts and drinks in the morning. I do little things that show them that I care. Now, has all of them like have every single contractor that I've hired, have they come out good? No, they haven't. I've had nightmares just like you, but I tell you what, I haven't lost money to a contractor yet because I vet them because I let them know, like, this is what I expect from you. These are the expectations. They are written. They are explicit expectations. And I don't have some of the issues that other people have. Um, I've had men try to disrespect me. Yes, I've had that. But guess what happens that now I'm going back to number seven, where you fire them. If a man, if a, one of my contractors and he disrespects me in any kind of way, I immediately tell him to pack his shit and leave. And there's no ifs or buts about that. So when I meet with a new contractor, because sometimes my go-to people are busy, or my go-to people are out of state because they're building an apartment complex or whatever the case may be. And my job can't wait. I can't wait on my go-to people. So I need to hire new people. So when I have to do that, I set that, that expectation from the beginning. I am not going to tolerate any kind of nonsense from you. This is what I'll pay you. This is how long I'm giving you to do the job. This is what I'm providing to do the job. These are the expectations. And I go, I serve as my own project manager and I go and I vet them and I check up after their work. I don't, you know, every day that goes by, I do progress checks. Most of the time I'm on the job site doing something else anyway, working there anyway. So I'm constantly looking over their shoulder. If, if it's something more technical that I don't know about, guess what I have with me? I have a code book with me or I look stuff up online. I have, uh, you know, in, in my phone, I have my go-to inspectors from the city. I have them literally one of them is on speed dial. I can call him anytime and explain to him what is being done on my job site. And he will tell me, yes, that is correct. You know, that is the proper, uh, mechanism to use or no, Anna, you might want to check up after them or, you know what, Anna, let me swing by. I'm going to, I'm going to check with you. So you always want to keep good relationships and set the tone and set the expectations. Ladies, don't let these men walk over you. Do not let them treat you like doormats and do not make it seem like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Don't do that. That's, oh, I can't stand when women do that. So please don't do that. Okay. If you have no idea what needs to be done, reach out to somebody that does. All right. If you say you reach out to me, you say, Anna, um, I have this house. Can you look at it for me? 
Yes, I do consultations. Lots of people in your area will do a consultation. They'll go out to the job site. They'll do a scope of work for you. They'll show you, okay, this is what can be done. This is approximately how much it should cost you. And it's better to spend those few hundred dollars up front in a consultation with somebody that knows than to lose thousands of dollars down the line or to lose months and months and months or even a year or more on your project because you didn't do your homework first, okay? Or because you tried to save a few bucks. Trying to save a few bucks is gonna hurt you. Do not hire the cheapest contractor ever. If this guy, if you have three bids, and I recommend no less than three, get three or more bids, do not hire the cheap guy, please. That is never gonna work out, okay? So this is what I have, you know, how to hire contractors. I hope that you have learned something today. And again, as always, if you have any questions or you have any comments, uh, please write into me, reach me on socials, leave a comment here, you know, below the, the podcast title, you know, definitely, obviously, please rate this stuff so that I can reach more people. Um, I just want to share what I know and help more women get into this field uh, because it's a great field. I'm, I'm very passionate about it and I'm finding great success in it. And so I just want to share with you those things. Thank you, Bill, for the great, great question. All right, guys, till next time. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and feel inspired to go out there and kick ass. For some of you, that might just mean that you're going to get out of your own head. You're going to put your goals on paper and you're going to take a step today. No dejes para mañana lo que puedes hacer hoy. Don't leave it for tomorrow. Do it today. Lastly, I encourage you to follow me on my Facebook page at Flip by Her or go on my website, flippedbyher.com. Send me your messages. What questions do you have that I might feature on a next episode? See you soon.